Hey, it's time for Dr. Lisa Gives a Shit. And I'm Dr. Lisa. How you guys doing? Oh, man, the world is a mess, isn't it? We need some, you know what? We need some positivity and some distraction. And I can't solve all the world's problems, but I do try to solve individuals' problems one person at a time, which is all I can do. We're all doing the best we can, right, guys? And you know what? You, you, listener, are personally doing the best you can because you're listening to Radio Free Brooklyn, which is the greatest radio station in the Western Hemisphere. That's the only, that I'm familiar with all those shows in the Western Hemisphere, so that's all I have to compare it to. And this is easily the best. Um, I have this great guest on today, David Mills. He's been on before. Uh, he's a comedian. He's a really awesome, interesting guy. So hang out. Uh, why I tell you about how great Radio Free Brooklyn is. And also, I need to tell you something else, all right? All right, you guys? So anyway, you might not know this, but I opened an art gallery at a comedy club. Can you believe that? Like uh, like a real, like, standalone art gallery inside a comedy space. It's called the Brooklyn Comedy Collective, and it's at their headquarters, which is 137 Montrose Avenue in Bushwick. That's the Montrose stop, you idiots. And uh, tomorrow night, you can just go and see the art, which is by Jen... Katron and Paul Outlaw, and it's it's really it's really an amazing it's a really an amazing installation. It's called Meat Sweats, and it's made out of porcelain. You, like it looks like meat, and it's really hilarious. It's just like I can't even explain it, but it's a really they're really incredible. You know, you don't know how lucky you are to have the opportunity to see this. These guys are really big deal. They have big installations at the Brooklyn Museum. And they did the show that's so fabulous just for uh, the space I opened, okay? So the Doghouse Gallery at the Doghouse at the Brooklyn Comedy Collective, and it's open to the public one night tomorrow from 5.30 to 9. So you should go there and see it. It's open other times. You can go in there and see it when the place is open, but that's the official night of the week it's open, and I'm having uh, another opening that's coming up in a few weeks. So I forgot to plug. I forgot. I should be plugging that. Uh, but also, it's really important to plug Radio Free Brooklyn because we we do a lot of really great shit for, for this, for society. And, uh, you know, we need, we need you to, um, you know, go and visit us at RadioFreeBrooklyn.org, donate a little money, check out all the shows. We have so many good shows, 24-hour programming. You know what I'm saying. Let me get to David Mills because he, he's, he's, we, we have limited time. So I'm going to tell you a little bit about David Mills. David Mills is somebody that I saw in London almost a year ago, and I was just blown away by him. This friend of mine, Dallas Athent, shout out, took me. She knows I love comedy, and she took me to this hole-in-the-wall comedy club, and I was just totally blown away by the performer. It was 
funny. It was smart. It was disciplined. It was in a hell hole. I was like, wow. So when the guy was coming to New York, I invited him on the show, and he came to New York in fe- last February, February 23, and I had him on my show in March, right when he started here, and he had a couple of nights scheduled at a place called Pangea, which um, I'm promoting right now because he's he's still there. This is what I want to tell you. So Pangea is 178 Second Avenue. Uh, he's got a couple of shows left. Friday's at 9.30, and he's got Friday tomorrow, November 3rd, and then Saturday, November 18th. But anyway, um, he's a really uh, smart performer and just hilariously funny, and he can sing too. And uh, so anyway, I had him on the show when he came to New York, and it was last March. And he only had two shows, and his run has gotten extended. Isn't that fab? It's all because he was on my show, right, David? Absolutely. Yeah, it was on my show. But anyway, it's, it's, I'm just thrilled that his talent was recognized and supported here and that uh, he, his run was extended and extended. So I'm just going to tell you just a tiny bit about him from what I learned last time to catch you up to catch you up so we can find out what's going on since. So if you go to episode 338 on my Dr. Lisa Gives a Shit on Radio Free Brooklyn page, you can listen to the whole show when he was here uh, in the studio last March. And we talked a lot about his childhood, which we're not going to do today because do your own fucking research, okay? Listen to the show, but he's one of six. This is what we talked about. He's one of six. I believe he's from a fairly disciplined Catholic family, hardcore Catholic family. David's gay. He's gay. So uh, I think that uh, it sounded like his family was. Uh, he doesn't. It doesn't sound like he. It was that complicated. Although it's complicated, but it sounds like he had support from his family, and they all sound so fucking well adjusted. It's kind of annoying to me. Um, personally, but that doesn't matter to you. This, uh, oh yeah, you don't care about that. We're not talking about that. Uh, so, uh, anyway, he found his way into comedy and he's from America. He wound up, um, moving to London and living there for almost 30, 23 years. 23 years. And when we had this conversation in just last March, he was thinking about moving here. And I think we kind of talked him into it. And I think he's, he's just done really, really well here. He's performing comedy all the time. He's got his cabaret show, which is done way beyond um, what, Anybody who thought it was just going to be a brief run would have expected. Uh, he moved a lot as a kid, which I think makes him very uh, flexible. I think that's good training. I think digging up your kids and making a move every year or two is is a, is healthy for them. But uh, his dad was a charismatic charismatic salesperson, and uh, he also talked about how when he, I, this was funny. He just was like surprised how weed oriented New York City is when he moved here. 
<laughs> or when he came here. So I think we got him to stay. That's what I'm going to – we'll find that out. So anyway, you check out 338, episode 338. You can find out about his background. His comedy thing here has been working out really well. I think he's planning on staying, which he didn't know back in March. So let's let's catch up and see how things are going. So, David, was that kind of a reasonable summary? Or wow, I, f- I think you've covered a lot of ground there. Yeah, I tried was, to get. I, I don't know what what else we can we're going to talk about. <laughs> you, you've sort of covered it all. Well, I'm so th- really. I mean, you know, um, you're really, as you know, I believe I believe in your work, and I think that you're a real quality comedian and stuff like that, and a quality writer, and your process, which we talked back uh, talked about before, is very disciplined and all that stuff. So I am so thrilled that uh, New York has found that you have that you guys have clicked you in New York City. Would you can we say that now? Yeah, you know, it's still early days. I mean, I, I've been like you say, I've, I've been here since February initially just to sort of check it out and see how it felt after being in London for so long. But I pretty quickly felt embraced here, uh, oh, good. both by my friends and contacts that I had here, but also by the comedy circuit. And, um, and you know, I'm still a new face on the comedy circuit. It takes a long time to really embed yourself in any scene, particularly in New York City, which is such a massive comedy scene. Oh, my God, yes. And very competitive. But I'm, you know, I'm working away. I, I'm, I'm making mm-hmm. progress. It's mm-hmm. steady progress. I feel good about that. Mm-hmm. I'm out at the clubs um, getting better you know, over time, you want to play bigger clubs or what they call bigger rooms or more established yeah, rooms. Sure. And I'm I'm making my way up the ladder. You know, it takes time, but I feel good uh, of the progress I've made in, in the short time I've been here. But of course, I've been doing comedy for a long time in the UK, so I came in already with, you know, a, a, a skill level. Definitely, you know, to, to sort of a move. very high level of skill, I think. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and then, on top of that, I I do my comedy in a sort of cabaret style as well in in the cabaret world. And I've found a home at Pangea in the East Village, and they've been extremely supportive of me. So mm-hmm. initially, as you say, I was booked for two shows in April. And on the success of those shows, they booked me for two in June and two in July. Those went well. They booked me for two more, two, two in September, two in October. Those went well, and so now we've got two more in November. And that's been such a rewarding journey, you know. I, I'm so grateful for Pangea, and they've been super supportive in helping to promote the show. Uh, the artist Penny Arcade, who yes. you know, and I'm sure you're She's been on the show. Yeah, yeah, the sort of downtown performance art fixture for decades. Oh, yeah. A real pioneer. She's been a real supporter and, and let her audience know about me and they've come out. I have a, a producer who's helped me promote the show by the name of Peter Michael Marino. He's a, a well-established performer, writer, producer in New York, and he has helped to draw an audience based on mm-hmm. his contacts. He's been mm-hmm. incredibly supportive. So I've had a lot of great people pitch in to yeah. help make this and you've been supportive you know Thank getting you. me on your show early i know i i'm happy impact. to have quality comedy here are you kidding <laughs> so so i listen i'm just thrilled that it's gone as well as it has and i'm 
I'm just being open to what's coming down mm-hmm. the pike. You know, things mm-hmm. invariably go up and down and I'm I'm open to that, you know. Mm-hmm. So, but 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 New York so far has been a good it's a, I'm it's, so pleased. You know, I, no, I, I mean, when it's you were on in uh, March, I was really thrilled to have you, and I'm so happy that the city has made a place. You know that you're that you're that you're still here. Um, so I wanted to ask you, like, when when you first came here, mm. um, like, so between February, March, and now, like, what were your expectations and what? is the reality like what 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 is what is actually happening what did you expect to happen and what's actually happening well you know in london like i said i'd been doing comedy for a long time so i i worked a lot and i could i could work a lot easily because i had a lot of contacts obviously i had an agent and i was able to you know be on stage for five nights a week Mm-hmm. easily mm-hmm. of course new york i didn't have all those contacts so mm-hmm. i knew it was going to be a struggle to mm-hmm. sort of build that mm-hmm. level of of work and and contacts but it's been it has been you know I, there are a few places that have really embraced me and i go back to them again and again but i'm not yet at the at the stage where i want to be where i can be out four or five nights well five nights a week gigging all over town, Brooklyn, Manhattan, sometimes two and three gigs a night. That's mm-hmm. that's what I'm used to. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, I knew it was going to be, take a while to get there, and it is. It's taking mm-hmm. a while. So that mm-hmm. expectation, I think, is what I expected. But um, it's nev- that's not easy for me, you know, because I, I want to be on stage. I want to be working all the time. You know? mm, right. Um, the big thing about New York that anyone will tell you, and, and you don't have to be a new new arrival to New York to to see it, but is the cost. <laughs> I mean, it's it impacts everything. And <laughs> I never thought I would find somewhere more expensive than London. And oh, really? New York. Bargain. And Bargain city. Yeah, it's crazy. No, I was in, like, as you know, I was in London not less than a year ago, and... Mm. It's a bargain city. No, New York is crazy. Yeah, New York's crazy. But this is all new. You know, I mean, for decades, the Brits used to come, not for decades, but for a decade, the Brits would come to New York and buy all their clothes, buy everything because it was so, because the pound was so much stronger. Yeah. The dollar was weaker and they could, you know, they buy stuff. Buy stuff. Now, those days are over. No, it yeah. is really expensive. Mm-hmm. So that, you know, you can't. You can't separate that from any ambition you have in your life, whether it's around your housing, around your career, around your social life. It really, really is the primary experience of being in New York is facing this incredible cost of everything. I I know, you know? especially housing particularly, yeah. right? Housing is uh, crazy. Obviously, people who have been here a long time, they have their housing secure. Maybe they have... Uh, rent control or they own something or, mm-hmm. or whatever. But for those of us who are new or have some sort of uh, more precarious housing life, it really is a, a major, major concern. You know, from my, my experience, I do think that is part of the thing about moving here is like there's somehow a career of managing your housing too 
because I think when people are new here, it is daunting. Yes. And I think as you stay here, I mean, you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think after you stay here, the longer you stay here, the easier it becomes because the more familiar you have to really, it's like you, you learn the landscape. So I think that you're, I think some of that trepidation is just that you haven't been here. You've been here under five years. Exactly. And you know, this was my experience in London when I went to London in 2000. Yeah. And what do you find that everyone's place, every, everything that people finally secure Oh, I knew a friend who was moving out of this rent control place. Oh, a, a contact gave me something I got in early. I was able to get this thing. Yeah. It wasn't because they found it online like everyone else. No, it's who you know. It's contacts. It's learning the system, as you say, learning how to how to make yeah. it work for you. And that takes time. Yeah, it just takes time. Yeah. Right. And you also you're you're meeting a lot of new people and the more people you meet, you know, it'll it'll work out. I that 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 that'll you know, that you gotta have I mean, we, we have faith in that here. We have faith that yeah. it'll work out. It's just you know, it, I just it's, have to it's, hang it's, on through those early years. It's you know? stressful. It's stressful. That's why everybody here is so freaked out and yelling and screaming all the time. Yeah. So <laughs> um expectations um and how it's yeah, and how it's worked out. So, what do you what like? What is your experience? I mean, you didn't expect to have your show extended over and over. No, no, but it is what I have always dreamed of. You know, to have this kind of almost a residency. You know, mm-hmm. and um, no, I didn't expect it, mm-hmm. but I've been thrilled that it's it's come my way. You know, you and are. I, I, you know, I. I've been hustling. I know. know? I mean, I, can, I'm, I believe it. Yeah, New York has really inspired that in me. I think maybe one of the things that happened in London is I got a little bit complacent. Mm. And I knew where I could gig. I, I, I didn't push myself to, in my career, I was sort of settling into, a, a, not a rut, but a, 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 a routine. A, a routine. And there's, there was, there's, there's, a, there's a higher ceiling for me. Yes. But, but I need to push myself. And New York, you know, you're going to have to push yourself in New York. There's just no way about mm. it. If you want something, you've got to go for it. Mm. So I'm ex- excited to to be in that mindset right now oh, good. in my life. So please. And um, so that that I, I, knew, I knew it was going to be hard and it is hard, but I'm I'm still at it and I'm I'm still hungry and I'm still. You know, so, out there hustling so like everyone you, else. <laughs> so can we say, do you think it's worked out better than you expected? Because when you were here, yeah. when you were here in March, you were ambivalent about staying. Yeah, yeah. Part of that had to do with um, a relationship that was yes. sort of yes on the wane and stuff yes. like that. And yes. so do you, how do you feel? Did, did like you'd probably have less ambivalence is probably not where you are right now. So no. how did, what change is what I'm asking. I think, I think it took, you know, it's like getting in a, a hot bath. That initial moment mm-hmm. is like, I want to get out of this bath. It's too hot. I can't, I can't, I can't stand the heat, mm-hmm. you know? And I've just really stayed in New York and mm-hmm. stayed in the heat and the discomfort and you know what? What I have to do now is a lot of contacting mm. comedy clubs. Contact, hey, can I 
you know, I'm not mm-hmm. used to that because I did that early in my career in right. London and I got past that. I didn't have to right. be that person who was like, hey, by the way, you don't know me. Here's, you know, now I have to go back to those old, beha- mm-hmm. you know, just mm-hmm. like a new comic. And it's uncomfortable, but I have to do it and I'm doing it. And I'm getting more comfortable with it. Mm-hmm. And New York, I'm getting more comfortable with New York as well. And I'm a little bit letting go of London in the way I didn't think I was going to be able to. Oh, wow. So, um, so that, I guess, I guess I didn't expect it, expect, um, to be this committed this far into it. You know, I thought maybe mm-hmm. I would, do it for three months, four months. Now we're on to what's, Jeez, you know, February to <laughs> November. You know, I'm still here and, yeah. and I have no plans to leave. Yeah, it's so. like a closer, much closer to a year. Yeah. So yeah. Um, would you say that it's exceeded, expect- your experience has exceeded expectations? Yeah, I think it has. That's great. You must I feel really has. happy. Yeah, it feels good. You know, I'm a... And stressed. I'm a... a apocalypsist so i'm always on the lookout for the apocalypse uh-huh. <laughs> so i need to i it's good to be with you because it reminds me that that i need to acknowledge it's going well and of course it can always go better but it's going it's going great and i need to embrace that and and feel good about that i'm thrilled that new york stole you away yeah so um what are like what are the I mean, what about, um, you must be meeting a lot. Of, are you making new friends and stuff like that? You must be settling in. So what what things are, like, kind of, what what what's changed? What's, what's going on? Like, what's changed? Yeah, what's happened? I mean, I, I was great. I, I, I was lucky in that I had a group of friends. You know, obviously, I'm, I'm American, but I, I lived it. Yeah. I left the U.S. in 2000. But I left behind a really close group of friends. We were all in San Francisco in the 90s, and most of them moved to New York. Oh. I went to London. They came to New York. So when I came to New York, they were all still here. Oh, great. So I came into a network of friends, and, you know, they'd been to London over the years. I'd been back mm-hmm. to New York over the years mm-hmm. to visit. And um, and that's so, – so I'm grateful for that, and they've been extraordinarily helpful and, and generous with me or to me. But I didn't really know people in the comedy world, so – Building contacts and friendships in that world has been uh, a little slower going, but I, I have built a few really solid friendships, and I, I'm grateful for that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's partially about contacts and, hey, where should I gig and in, make, introduce me to people. But also it's just about having a a friend in the business who knows what you're going through. Right. Uh, that was a really shitty gig last night, or I, it was terrible, or I, I flopped, or... I, I bombed or I did great, you know, and you could share that with them as well. And they can share that with me. And, and, and that, that kind of, um, camaraderie tribe, that c- tribe is so important. I think for any creative person, wow. you know what I mean? To mm-hmm. have someone who's going through the same creative struggles, the same career struggles to have someone on, on your team and you're on their mm-hmm. team, you're, you're mm-hmm. going through it together. Mm-hmm. And I, I built a bit of that up as well and I, i'm i'm really happy that that's that's great gone as well as it yeah. has yeah yeah so you're starting to really find your place yeah 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 and how do you think um it's a i mean i'm gonna say 
you know, moving to New York or being in New York, but it's more than that. It's moving to New York, but it's also like a sea change in your life. Mm. So how has that affected, I mean, moving anywhere, how, how has that affected your work, do you think, your thinking in your work? It's made me more... Um My my comedy is a little bit more about that those kinds of issues, bigger bigger, like instead of the minutia of pop culture or politics that you know whatever's happening with Trump that day or you know it's easy to get into that stuff and some sure. of that stuff is really fun, but I think I'm talking more about life stages and life decisions more in my comedy than I was before mm, because I've made a big life change, mm. a big pivot, mm. a new chap started a new chapter. Mm. Mm-hmm. And it's reminded me that those things come at, you know, all different times at life. You know, I'm not 25 or 35 or even 45, mm-hmm. you know, and to make a big change at 55 is, um, Maybe Huge. a little bit unexpected. Huge. Yeah. And brave, guys. Don't get complacent. Yes. Yes. Do not get com are you happy you did it? I'm I'm very happy. Are you like, yeah. oh my yeah. God, yeah. I got out of my whatever? I'm yeah. in a like a And you know, there was really great stuff about the last year. I know. But I'm sure. it was time for me to change. And I think I was never going to I was never going to accomplish certain things in that era. Mm-hmm. And now I think there's a possibility that I may accomplish those things. I may get those Oh, things. wow. So you have, um, you know, guys, let me tell you something. Like the thing about David, I'm going to say this about you, is right. that one of the things that I have, that I'm projecting on you and that I admire about you is that I think you're like a really organized person. And I think your brain is sort of like, you seem like somebody who can, who's got like a plan, who presents themselves professionally. The photographs always look good. He's got the shit down, man. He's got the craftsmanship down, and um, that's something that I um, that I really admire. And I think that's something that um, is kind of kind of an extra, you know, an extra force that you have in your pocket mm. you know mm. and 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 in and you have integrity for the work so you're not going to get complacent yeah well i i try not to you know you know what it's like lisa we all you know find ourselves sometimes you know lazy or complacent or disorganized or not prepared mm-hmm. and i i i i find myself in those places too but i the thing is i know when i'm there and i mm-hmm. i i don't feel i sort of i know i've let myself down when i'm in those places i'm not i i'm not prepared to accept that from myself you have discipline this is what we're this is what i'm trying to tell well tell I, it's not that i have discipline it's that i'm super self-judgmental Oh, okay. <laughs> However, you so, get it done. So it, it gets it done, you know. But it's it's with the it's the wagging of the finger. Yeah, you know you're what hard I mean? on yourself. Um, I, I I guess I'm I'm sort of hard on myself. Mm-hmm. But 
listen. Gets the job done. It delivers. Yeah, it delivers. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll let, I'll, I'll batter my uh-huh. internal self as whatever, whatever I need to to get it done. So as, um, so this is this is going to be a little bit like okay. So this is this is a little bit about me too, I think. But as a, a childless woman, older than you, um, I think I'm gonna, just going to say, as a gay man, I'm relate. I'm relating as a childless woman, seeing you as a gay man. I'm going to say that um, you you have the flexibility in your life to keep growing where if you'd had, uh, in my my impression, if you'd had children, you wouldn't have had these options. Like, I see you as a creative person who, who doesn't, who, who has a trajectory always. And I just think, do you think, like, what about you gay people? Don't you think it's easier that way? Or what do you think about it? You know what I'm well, saying. Yeah, I know exactly what you're saying. I would say two things. One, I think that, um, you know, I have siblings that have kids, and I wouldn't s- suggest that they've stopped growing. Yeah, no, you're right, right about that. You're they right grow about, in a, a different way. You're right and, about that. And that's a way that I will never grow because I don't have kids. You're right, right? about that. So I, that's the first thing. Secondly, I think that it's not that so much that I, uh, you know, I also know plenty of gay men who are stuck. You know, they don't have kids, but they're yeah, stuck right, in something. Yeah, right. You're right about that. And I think it's less about being gay and even maybe less about being a single childless woman. But I think it's more about being an artist or a creative person. And I think that I learned early on from some mentors and teachers that being a creative person, being an artist, and I, I do think of myself as an artist. I know that sounds kind of no, like, yeah, know, yeah, pretentious. Yeah. No, but, you know, no, you're. But you, I do, and yeah. you know, and I think comics are artists. You know, absolutely. So I think our being an artist means constantly, constantly pushing, changing, evolving, growing your work, mm-hmm. and that then becomes a an approach to your life as mm-hmm. well. Right. So I get really uncomfortable when I'm not reaching. Right. When I'm not trying something new, pushing right. myself creatively. And that also happens in my life when I don't, when I, I, I settle into something for too long, hmm. I begin to really get uncomfortable and I need to, I need to be pushing. I need to mm-hmm. be pushing. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's less, like I say, it's less about being gay and it's more about being an artist, I think. Yeah. And, and also, I mean, a lot of gay people certainly are parents. So that's, oh, yes. especially Absolutely. nowadays. So, Absolutely. so that, that, yeah. that's not a, that's not a, that's not a, a I, good... I'm like, you know, I'm, I, I say it in my show, I'm, I'm an old school gay. I'm, I'm what they call an LGBT OG. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm the old style. So I'm the, the gay man who, you know, never has kids uh-huh. and right. is kind of from from the 90s, really. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. And that era of gay men, I think we are our own thing. We we really had the fear of God put in us with AIDS and seeing yes. the generation just above us mm-hmm. really get decimated. Mm-hmm. Didn't have mentors, really, because that generation got wiped out. And, you know, we're fucked up in our own way. But mm-hmm. I think a lot of us mm-hmm. are um, 
you know, like me, you know, we're, we're constantly moving. We're constantly trying to kind of push mm-hmm. ahead. A mm-hmm. uh, lot of the, a lot of us now have kids and have gone that route, but I think I relate to the generation before me mm-hmm. almost in a way that I, I, don't relate as well to the generations after. I do, of course, but yeah, no, you know. I know what you're saying, especially about when it comes to family, because it's so common now for mm-hmm. um, all sorts of people to have families, which is a great thing, thank God. Sure. Um, I think that was a little. That was probably a little bit of projection from me because I wind up. Um, there are. I see a lot of women who. Um, become mothers who I don't who are frustrated by it. I think there's a lot of creative women. I yeah. see a lot of creative women that have kids, and um, I think it. So, do you think there's a conflict between being a parent and being a creative person? I think being a parent is so life swallowing. Mm-hmm. That there's almost a conflict between parenting and, you know, it, it's easy to get swallowed up by that. And anything, any of your interests, whether it's creativity or athletics or mm-hmm. whatever, can mm-hmm. go by the wayside. And I think, they, yeah, there are a lot of parents that are frustrated with that. I think you really have to come to terms with how it changes your life. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I, I think a lot of people don't. Mm-hmm. aren't prepared for that. Yeah, and I guess I see more frustrated creative women because, A, I am a woman, mm. um, and um, women generally, uh, especially hetero women, you know, bear the brunt of parenting, right? Mm-hmm. And I do think that babies, very young children, do need their mothers. I just... I don't, I, know, I, don't, I don't think that's sexist. I think that's nature. Sorry, guys. Um, so I think, I think there's, you know, I think a lot of it is women thinking that they're going to be, I don't think a lot of women are prepared for, I, I just think it's hard. I think society, I think society's fucked up Yeah, (laughs) and I think it's really hard. And I think women get a lot of childcare dumped on them and not appreciate it because the kids aren't going to supposed to appreciate it. They're the kids. No, 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 no. And then no one else, you know, maybe the the husbands aren't going to appreciate it because they're not there and they're probably, you know, if you, a lot of them feel like they're doing all the other stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, uh, I, yeah, I mean, I, I have great admiration for any mother out there because it's such a big job and such an important job. Yeah. And um, as you say, I think it's underrated and undervalued. And, you know, I think a lot of people go a little bit crazy because it's hard and they're isolated yes they're very isolated you know and it's i think it's and it's thankless and it's thankless yeah. it's thankless yeah. and there's also a lot of single mothers and i think single mothers the term is an oxymoron because there are no single mothers unless you have a um you know a uh you know t- turkey baster or something mm. Mm. <laughs> but anyway yeah sexism is rampant mm. Uh, so, um, what do you, what, what have you noticed that's like the biggest, what are some of the bigger differences, particularly in comedy or any, anything between New York and Um, I'll say this. I think New York, uh, comedy is super diverse. 
Oh, good. Which is great. London and the UK is diverse, but not as diverse as New York. But the UK is more international. Ah, interesting. Right? So I'll be on a bill in London and there'll be someone from France, someone from Eastern Europe, someone from India, someone from Africa, someone from China. That's all very, very standard. Mm-hmm. Here, it's people are all, um, all different races, but all Americans. Mm. Do you know what I mean? You don't yes. get as many... And, and maybe because immigration is somehow more difficult or something. I don't know what, what that's about. Also, we're not living in, um, you know, a different continent. It's one continent. Exactly. And, and the UK is a, sort of a tiny island next to a massive continent, right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. even though Brexit has inhibited immigration, and it has, there's still lots of Europeans around. So um, either they got in before Brexit or something's going on. Mm-hmm. So... You you see, it, it, it's interesting that way. So it, it's quite international, like I said, although it can be a, oftentimes very white. Not always. London's very diverse. But um, the, anyway, so, the so that's... The comedy scene. Yeah, so that, that's one thing that's different. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say also the UK has more of a tradition of character comedy. Oh. Mm-hmm. So sometimes you'll be on the bill and the next person will be someone dressed up as a... I don't know, uh, some Victorian character or, or something. <laughs> yeah, you're like, okay, here we go, you know. So they, so that's something that's in the culture much more. And there's some big comics, like on the national scene, who are characters. Yeah, or like, you know, Dame Edna is the classic of like that. Like Dame Edna, who's exactly. Who's a genius. You've exactly. seen Dame. Did you ever meet Dame Edna? Did oh, God, you ever- no, but I, I saw her multiple times. Yeah. So brilliant. Um, so- but yeah, people like that, like Dame Edna. Or Ali G. Yes. Right? Right. Um, so those, those people pop up and then, then there's things like, um, magicians, ventriloquists. Oh, on the same bill? On the same bill. Yeah. So you'll get that kind of thing or people who do impersonations, impressions. Mm -hmm. So a lot, so in some ways it's got a more varied flavor. Mm -hmm. New York is really good at that kind of like one person with a mic telling jokes. It's the best place in the world for that. Mm -hmm. And even in London, they don't hit the quality and um, craft that you get see of that in mm. New York. But what you don't see then is the wide variety of comics and styles that you see in London. Huh, that's interesting. Um, so when you say that, do you mean like at the clubs? Because I, I mean, I, I like very diverse comedy and I don't, I'm not, I don't like necessarily like, my thing is, I love comedy, but not necessarily club comedy. Right. So I find a huge amount of diversity in the other comedy. Sort of the alt world. You call it alt. Call yeah. it alt. Yeah. Alt comedy. But so when you talk about clubs and stuff, because that's where you're making your living, they pay, yeah. unlike the alt places. Right. Is right. that what you're talking about? It's more I th- similar? I think, I think definitely... Uh, Definitely in the clubs and and even the alt scene that I've seen here in New York, and I, I haven't been here that long, but like Brooklyn, essentially, Queens, yeah. that sort of thing. The styles, the alt style feels closer to the club world than the alt styles in the UK. So the, some of the alt styles in the UK are really like anti-comedy. 
you know, people who are up there specifically to not be funny. I mean, oh. really weird stuff. Like, like more like Andy, Andy Kaufman. Andy Kaufman, more sort of even performance art, dance. I mean, you can go oh, really? on some bills oh, wow. and they're just like, I, and, and I do like something that's a little bit more narrative and cabaret than, than most club comics. But, um, but I've been on many bills in the UK where I'm the most conventional thing. Uh-huh. You know, because some of the stuff <laughs> that comes out, you're like, where am I? What is going on? You know? And there's room for it. Like the audience does isn't they they they, they take that in. They take I mean, that in. It doesn't they always have... work, but but it's not it's not atypical. Whereas here I think if someone like that shows up, it's like really different. Yeah, or we would you know, because uh I, I definitely do open mics. Um, enough to have a sense of that, and that wouldn't. I mean, there is some room to move in being more, say, abstract, but it's all basically stand up. Yes, exactly. And, exactly. and so it, I think that where it gets all here is in the topics or the delivery, as opposed to the full package. Which right. there, right. you know, someone comes dressed as a ghost, you know, and you're like, okay, here we go. This is this is happening now. Right. You know? Right. Right. So, right. Right. Yeah. What about the uh, sense of humor in general? Like, do we laugh at the same things, or like, have you um, have I, you gotten a similar reaction from? It, New it's York? funny because I think in some ways it's exactly the same, and then in some ways it's totally different. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. of course, the Brits are, are famous for a, a particular irony, mm-hmm. um, but there's a lot of irony in New York as well. Mm-hmm. You know, I think mm-hmm. there's a mis- misperception that Americans don't have irony. That's they say that a lot in the UK, and I think you're crazy. You know, that's mm-hmm. totally crazy. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I describe it if you if you know the office and you think of yeah. the UK office versus the US. Oh, office, okay, right? yeah, I guess so. So they both kind they both work. Yeah, they're both very they're very similar in many ways, but they're also a different flavor. Yeah, the UK can be a little bit more. Um, almost depressing, you know, they, they really like to wallow in the pessimism of life. Mm. And the U.S. likes, in the end, as dark as it gets, it likes to show a little bit of hope at the mm. end. You know, there's hope. That's nice to hear. We're yeah. a little more positive. And we're, we're a little bit more hopeful, I think, and, and, and look on the bright side, whereas the Brits don't trust the bright side. Ah. They really don't trust the bright side. Ah. And they don't like the bright side Mm -hmm. and they they so as an american in in the uk you're often um that's something that comes up a lot when they you know respond to you why are you so positive or they don't you know Ah. they don't really go there so uh so yeah even even the dark stuff in in the u.s i would say usually has a, a hopeful message at the end well i wouldn't have expected to hear that yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's funny. You should hear how dark it gets in the UK. Yeah. It get really, really depressing. <laughs> it's because of the weather. I think because of the weather. And I think because, you know, we're just so much bigger, right? So yeah. the, the big sky and open space. And there's just big, there's just hope in the US, just geographically, that they just don't have it. Yeah. Because they're just all crowded into this sweaty island, you know? Yeah. And we see people like, you know, become all sorts of people can you can make it here yeah. there are all sorts of yeah. op- there are a lot of opportunities in yeah. america yeah. you know for all sorts yeah. of people that's right which you know 
So, um, I was going to say, um, so how, how do you feel about like the, is it like a lot more competitive here or, um, I would imagine New York has probably got it. Do you New think York New York is, pretty, is the most competitive uh, market for comedy? Or yeah, what? it's pretty competitive. It is really competitive. I mean, it's competitive in, in London too, but New York, the the rewards are so much greater. Yeah, that's true. You know, if you make it in New York, you're, you've got so much, so much more opportunity right. than if you make it in London. Yeah, no, right? this is true. And, you know, it can be good if you make it in London. It could be really good. But if yeah. you make it in New York, you know, now you've got Hollywood, you've got TV, you've got film, you've got a much bigger world to play with. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so lots of British comics, if they could, would come to the U.S. Oh, I guess so, yeah. They know, don't they have the passports. Immigration. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and there are British comics here. You know, of course there are. And, and either they married an American or they found some way. And, you know, they, they do well here. Mm -hmm. But, and they've got something distinctive, which is important. Yeah, you know, it's really hard to stand out, isn't it's it? It's very hard to stand out. So an accent or being from a different country really helps. But, um, yeah, it's uh, it's competitive. It's definitely competitive. Mm -hmm. definitely. definitely. So um, which, which, um, which clubs have you been, or like what, like what kind of clubs have you been working at? Or what are your... Well, I've sort of been all over the place. So this weekend, uh, Saturday and Sunday night, I'm at the Grizzly Pear on oh, yeah. Google. Um, next Wednesday, I'm at um, Greenwich Village Comedy Club, just a few doors down, yeah. also on McDougal. This past weekend, I was at the Grizzly Pear in Midtown. Oh, I've done uh, the Broadway Comedy Club a few times, yeah. West Side Comedy Club. Uh, here in Brooklyn, I opened for someone in Union Hall. Oh, nice. I've I like done, that place. Yeah, it's great. I uh, did uh, QED recently. Oh, yeah. Cambrian. Yeah. yeah. I so, love you her. know, I'm sort of just. So you've just been, you, you've gotten this, you've gotten. I'm, I'm, you've get, gotten I'm trying to get whole, out there. I'm you've trying got, to. So yeah. you've gotten, all, you've gotten all, all the boroughs. I'm trying to hit as many as I can. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. But there's still so many. I mean, that's the great thing about New York. There's so much. I thought there was a lot in London, but New York has got it deep. It's over. So it can be. It can. It can. It can, it can be a little be overwhelming. overwhelming. Yeah. Yeah. But but it means a lot. You know, it just means there's a lot of places you can try and gig and and develop. Ultimately, get out. Well, yeah. you know. Um. Wow. So, what about um your life back in London? Mm. Or do you, do you, you must have like people there who are like. Going like, David, where did you go? <laughs> where are you coming back? How's that going? Like, yeah, what are, what's you know, your I had feelings to, about that? I had to, for a long time, I had my UK number here in the US for about mm -hmm. five mm -hmm. months. Mm -hmm. And I finally switched over to a US number because friends were like, would you just... You just switch over. I'm, I'm you know. Oh, right. Because they have to call you. Yeah, this is getting a pain, becoming a pain. They don't want to use WhatsApp. You know, right. No, I, use, I want, no. Yeah, I use WhatsApp all the time in the UK. But here, people were like, I don't, I'm not going to use WhatsApp. And I don't want to, it cost me money to text you and all this stuff. So finally, I did it. And um, in order to do that, I have the same phone. Somehow I had to let go of my UK number or it doesn't come through as much as that. So <laughs> that was a real step for me, you know. And a lot of my <laughs> oh, friends commitment. now have to reach out to me on Instagram uh -huh. and that uh -huh. sort of thing. Uh -huh. um, yeah, you know, I, 
I'm going to go back, I think, maybe around Christmas time. To, For a visit. To see people and visit. Yeah. So what are you missing of London? People. Your friends. My friends, yeah. I had a great routine. You know, I had my cafe that I liked. I had my gym that I liked. I had uh-huh. my restaurant that I liked. I had uh-huh. all those things, you know, that I, I liked in my life. And the thing that I miss that we just don't really have here is um, pubs. Oh, yeah. I mean, there are plenty of pubs, but they're somehow... What's different? I mean, not- I mean, I know, I know, I know... I know, I, I know exactly what you mean, but I, I don't know exactly how to put my finger on it. Can you explain well, it? Well, the, the, the difference is uh, the pubs in the UK are full of Brits. And the pubs in the US are full of Americans. And what does that mean? It means they have, a, a, you know, from an early age growing up. Right. It's the living room. Goes, it's their living room. They know the pub. Here, maybe you go with friends once a month or something. It's not part of your life in the same way you know right yeah and so they treat it differently it has a different you have a, a different vibe it's an event yeah it has a different vibe and um so i i miss that but i'm drinking a lot less which mm-hmm. is a good thing good for mm-hmm. me <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> because it's it's a real drinking culture in the uk oh yes and i like it but it can you know at a certain point you've got to think this is healthy yeah um, no drinking less is you know, Good. At a certain age. you can't, you can't, you yeah, can't, I just can't recover. You can't, way. you can't advocate for drinking more. No, in a, in good but conscience. I do miss the pub, and I, I, I it's, it's see really that. great, particularly in the run up to Christmas. Pubs are great, you know, they're cozy and warm, and sometimes there's a fire, and you know, they've got mulled wine and that kind of thing. And it's you know, li- you can like spend all day room. there, yeah, it's like a living room. I, I like that about London pubs too because. I feel like if I go to a pub in London and I start a conversation with somebody, it's more of like a living room family conversation. Whereas if I start a conversation in New York, it's, there's this, there's got to be like some sexual goal or something. Oh, really? Well, not that I necessarily inspire that or, or or I'm look I'm certainly not looking for that in, I mean, it's like an undercurrent. Yeah, maybe it's being female. Maybe it's just maybe. that I'm used to being female that like if you talk to a guy in a bar. I remember um in in my 30s like buying I remember like going to a bar and, and just being really wanting to have a conversation. I'd gotten off of work and I just wanted to be distracted and talk to somebody. I lived alone and sending a man for no reason a drink. I had the bartender send him a drink. And the guy still wouldn't have a conversation with me. How strange. <laughs> Not and he was really. also alone? <laughs> yeah, I was alone. How weird. I know. And I I find, I love talking to strangers. Yeah. I mean, it's really kind of my favorite thing because you don't have to have a relationship with them. Yeah. And yeah. you don't have to see them again. And there's no like, when are we getting together? No, exactly. So I'm, a, I'm somebody who loves a talk with a stranger, but I find it really hard to get away. I find there's sexuality. Is it just because I'm in Bushwick? But I feel like sexuality is, you know, or uh, such an important part of uh, going to a, a bar here or something mm. like, or an over, uh, like a. I mean, you, you could still find that, of course, in, in London. You know, you can find yourself. You can in that go situation. to pick a bar anywhere, but yeah, but I'm yeah, saying, yeah. like, to go out but there's for a more, drink. There is a there's a real culture of small talk. There. Yeah, 
And a lot of people really hate it. I like it. I like small talk. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because I think you actually, some people say, well, you're not really communicating anything. But actually, I think you're communicating a lot with small talk. Talk about the weather. Talk about the public transport. Talk about, you know, uh, maybe a bit of football or whatever. Just whatever's in the culture. No one really ruffles any feathers. But somehow you acknowledge one another and you share, laugh. And it can be, I think it could be really reassuring. And I, I like a bit of small talk. Yeah. And I there's think a it, lot of that in the UK, a lot of small talk. Yeah. Yeah. That's probably my problem because I usually approach people with some like really heavy thought that I had. <laughs> I think that's a more American style. Uh, yeah. We're, we're yeah. I that. want to connect so desperately. Yes. Yes. I love intimacy that has, I like to be really, this is why I like doing the show because you get to be really intimate, but you never have to deal with the people again. <laughs> Perfect. Casual intimacy. Yeah. A little bit of casual intimacy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Except on an emotional level. Yes. So um I'm so excited that things are working out for you. And and uh, it's not just because I'm excited for you, but I'm also excited because I do think that your work is a really top qual I think your your process and the way you, your work is really quality work and um I'm glad that it's been embraced well enough here to encourage you to stay i really am and i mean that um because i do love comedy and um there's a really you know quality comedy is something that is not always that easy to find so what do you like do you want to talk about like we only have five minutes so do you want to talk about like what you're sort of thinking about your plans or are you or do you not want to do you want to talk about how you don't want to think about your plans well no my, my uh, like i said i've got these two shows in november at pangea on the tomorrow night on the third and then on the 18th and those will be the last times i do this show uh glamour and despair in 2023 that's the name of the show, Glamour and Despair. Mm-hmm. Kind of two sides of the same coin, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, of course, I'll be gigging around at clubs between now and the end of the year. Mm-hmm. And then it looks like I'm going to be taking the show back to London in March for a few shows in March. Mm-hmm. And between uh, December and March, I'm hopeful that I can do the show at a few venues on the West Coast. Oh. I'm trying to. Trying to organize that now. Nice. That's where your family is. Right? I've got family out there and friends out there, so I can. So, so that's the plan. And then I expect I'll be back at Pangea in the springtime, either with a new show or with a, a kind of revamped version of this, you know, mm-hmm. this glamour despair mm-hmm. two point mm-hmm. or something. Oh, mm-hmm. but uh, that's I, I'm 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 going to be out there and I'm going to be gigging mm-hmm. and. You know. So what's the growth experience? We've got five minutes, but can you can you wrap up in a minute, a couple of minutes, uh, what your growth experience has been like in the past eight months? What do you think as a person, wow, and, as a human? Yeah, I think I've really uh, challenged myself to shake off some old patterns, particularly in the relationship I was in for ten years, and break out of some, break out of a, a kind of stagnant place. Mm-hmm. And really put myself in an uncomfortable place in order to uh, to find to 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 
to get to progress mm-hmm. to, to creatively, creatively, emotionally, mm-hmm. and personally. You know, mm-hmm. they're um, all linked. Yeah, they're all linked, and professionally as well, mm-hmm. career-wise. Mm-hmm. So, but it was never going to happen in that where I was in a comfortable but uncomfortable relationship. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I totally I know. had grown comfortable mm-hmm. with discomfort mm-hmm. and it was stifling me mm-hmm. and it was easy and I stayed in it too long and it was easy to stay in. I really had to push myself to get out of mm-hmm. it and it was better for him. It was better for me, mm-hmm. but it's been a few months of discomfort and I'm still in a insta- stable kind of housing situation I mean, I'm stable for the moment, mm-hmm. but it's not going to last. Mm-hmm. So I've got to, you know, yeah, yeah, you, and income wise and all sorts of things. But I'm grateful I did it because I can see the light at the end of this journey, whereas before I couldn't see any. Right. So you kind of open up. This is so great. This is like a real ins- inspir- inspiring talk, guys. Like the thing is, like you're, I mean, I'm a lot older than you, but you're, you know, you're in your mid 50s and. You made a huge change, which a lot of people would not do. Yeah. And you're getting really, really rewarded for it, right? Yeah, thank you. Thank you. I'm, yeah, yeah, it's been good. Yeah. Good. Yeah. So, guys, listen, you should learn from this, all right? Listen to this guy. He made this huge change. He didn't know what was going to happen, you know? And, like, well, look where we are now. And also, this is a quick one. Rely on on the people who love you rely on your friends ask for help oh ask good for help. you ask for yeah, help yeah yeah and friends have been so generous and they are thrilled you know they saw me in this relationship for 10 years they are thrilled that i've found the courage to break out to pursue my emotional professional personal growth and they want me to succeed so they want to help however they can and your friends want to help you too they love you you know your family your friends contacts people professionally they want you to thrive so it's hard to ask for help but do and the rewards come you, you'd and, be amazed. and, and you'd they be amazed. feel good it, it helps them in return you're actually exactly. helping them in return exactly. yeah so uh we have us uh, uh 45 seconds so can you just get you know do all the tell us where you're going to be okay all, your so website, the show again stuff. is called glamour and despair it's at pangea in the East Village on Second uh, uh, Avenue, you can look online pangeanyc.com. The shows are tomorrow night at nine thirty, and then November eighteenth. That's a Saturday, also at nine thirty. You can follow me at David Mills D E P T, like David Mills Department, on Instagram and Twitter, and I'm constantly posting everything there. And then also my website is itsdavidmills.com. And uh, you can see videos and reviews and, and all sorts of things there as well. And a big article in the Daily Beast. And a nice article in the Daily Beast. So um, that was really good. We have eight seconds left. So I'm going to say thanks a lot for listening to Dr. Lisa Gives a Shit on Radio Free